0: and welcome to this episode of the mindful mystics podcast i'm cheryl knight and i'm here with my wonderful co hosts karen frazier and chucky e. g hi everyone hey we're wonderful Hello. yeah i i'm really excited about this this podcast because it's that time of the year it's the time of the year for gratitude and thanksgiving and so today we're going to embark on a little journey into the heart of gratitude. And we're going to delve into the profound and transformative power of gratitude in our lives and how that affects our mental health, our relationships, and how it can even alter our perception of the world around us. And I'm super excited because we have a special guest tonight. His name is Jim Frazier.
1: Hey, Hey. oh, hey.
0: Hey, he's sitting next to me. He's playing
2: Sudoku on his phone, not paying any attention, even though he has agreed to be on the podcast.
1: Wow. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, yeah. thanks I'm not lot, paying man. any attention that you can
3: tell.
2: He's, you know, he turned, <laughs> he turned 60 last weekend. Happy, Happy birthday. Big,
3: hey, welcome to the club.
2: The thanks. big 6-0 birthday. And I think that I'm noticing his brains are turning to <coughs> scrambled eggs a little.
1: Well, if that I'm, happens if I'm, to after this.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know
0: yes. it happens.
2: I know happens. it happens.
1: I can still wax you at Scrabble.
2: <laughs> he can still wax me. He's still at Wordle. He still beats me at Wordle like almost every day. So Oh, that's impressive.
1: I'm like 170 and oh. I've never lost. Wow.
2: And and how do you feel about that? Grateful.
3: I'm grateful. Yeah. yeah <laughs> still with gratitude. I heard the whispering. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: British. I you puppet hand.
2: Oh, my goodness. So, oh. anyway, um, Cheryl, I know that you kind of, first of all, great introduction, way better than mine would have been, because mine would have been like, hey, this is, I can't remember the name of the podcast, and I'm
0: Karen, and tonight we're going to talk about gratitude, okay? Hey, that's why I wrote it down, Karen. That's why I wrote it down. <laughs> those,
3: those are some fancy words, I have to say, Cheryl. Those are some fancy words. I try.
2: They were very good. All right, yeah. so you have an
0: agenda. Oh boy. Well, I do, um, and we can go with the flow, and oh, that'd be real fun. But basically, I thought we could start off with Jim, with you and Jim talking about well, why we're doing this podcast, why Jim's joining us, and um, what's going on, Jim.
1: Uh, apparently I had a breakthrough.
0: (laughs) I would say that's true.
2: So just, I mean, for some, for a little bit of context, um, Jim and I have struggled from time to time because we have very different outlooks on life. I am a Sagittarius and we are the Tiggers of the Zodiac. We're very upbeat and happy and optimistic. And Jim is a Scorpio, which is. Not the Tigger oh, see, technos Not the tigger of the zodiac. Scorpios tend to be kind of brooding and and mysterious and deep and that type of thing. So while I'm describing this, he's still playing Sudoku. By the way, <laughs> it's probably because it's timed. Anyway, so um, we we've struggled with some, some things over the years, and it's nothing we've never been able to overcome. But a lot of it has had to do with Jim's kind of. Crotchety? Would that be a good word way of putting it? Cra-
1: Maybe. Crot-
2: yes, crotchety outlook on life. And so I noticed. Um, and so, for instance, I remember what brought it up. Uh, last weekend, we celebrated his birthday. In the past, us if anybody giving Jim attention for his birthday and celebrating his birthday would have actually like made him deeply uncomfortable and almost pissed him off. Um and this time it was my goal. We were at a ghost conference with a lot of people. It was my goal to have as many people sing happy birthday to Jim as possible. Um and so my class sang happy birthday to him, the entire conference sang happy birthday to him, and then he also had to wear the hat at a Mexican restaurant and take a a shot of a tequila from well, something he wouldn't normally take a shot of tequila from. We'll just leave it at that.
1: I, I doubted my <laughs> this, so I airdropped it. And
2: so and so <laughs> I, I on the way home I said, You just reacted to this so differently than I've ever seen you react to your birthday. As he like actually enjoyed it. He wasn't mad or crabby or uncomfortable. He actually recognized that it was people honoring him and loving him. So I said, What has changed? And now it's Jim's turn and what has changed.
1: And I said something along the lines of I just realized I should be grateful for the friends I have. And it was gratitude.
2: So why so how did you get there?
1: Um, probably slipped and fell on my head. <laughs> 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 no, I just it finally occurred to me what was missing in my life and why I've never been able to you know, why I'm never really happy. I mean
2: never happy I'm, not, I'm not like
1: a fundamentally unhappy person, but at the same time I'm never as happy as I should be. I've got a pretty good life, but I'm always focusing on what I don't have. What, you know, what do I want that I don't have? You know, why don't I have mm-hmm. more what I want? And it finally occurred to me that if you can't even appreciate what you do have, how are you going to appreciate if you ever get what you want? You're still going to be miserable. So I don't know, it kind of seems common sense, but common sense is one of those things that people are commonly very bad at.
2: Well it took mm. you almost 60 years, but to be fair, um I am a you're, Scorpio. You're a Scorpio, and but I I mean there are happy Scorpios, but also you didn't have really good models of happiness in your life as a young person.
1: Are you referring to Eeyore?
2: Well, not Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Two <laughs> two Winnie the Pooh references in one show. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes, you have some people in your family who tend to be a little eeyore in their outlook thanks for noticing
1: me yeah <laughs> i never get anything i like so
2: so for you how did you make that leap because it took you a it took you a long time to get there and i mean and this was with me nagging him and he never listened to me he had to get to it on his own right so how did you get beyond first of all i stopped asking you about it but how did you finally make that leap for yourself.
1: Well, to be fair, a lot of it stems from growing up with Asperger's. Sure. Because, you know, we're very uncomfortable with our emotions on the whole. You know, anger is the only thing that even feels remotely safe to express. And so it's easy to get caught up in the negative. And I mean, this just goes for people in general. And it seems like it's gotten worse, you know, with the Internet and having access to the whole world And seeing everything that everybody else is doing. Excuse me. Who can't spend five minutes on Instagram. And feel like a failure.
2: That's fair. Yeah. You
1: know maybe. uh, Maybe like. The Trumps or somebody. Because you know they don't pay attention to anything negative. But. So. Like real world suffering.
0: So what. So was there like a moment. That it just clicked in. Or was it a well, it's, it's been
1: a gradual realization? Right. Okay. But you know, it I mean, it's one thing to intellectually recognize something, even something that you think should be obvious, but yeah. to actually get that, you know, into where you really start to feel it in your bones, you know, where you mm-hmm. know it instinctively and you don't have to tell yourself I should feel this way. Right. It just takes time. It's a process. But yeah, I realized that why am I always complaining about what I don't have and, you know, not having what I want when I've got things that other people would kill for?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and funny. you know, it's, it's interesting because like I say, that's a fundamental dichotomy in the past with how we viewed life that life because I am an eternal optimist. And so, you know, I wake up a lot of mornings and I'm like, Thank you, Ben. I love you. Thank you, Flora, for holding me up. Thank you, yeah. Sunshine, for shining. Thank you, Rain, for, you know, and I I just sort of, that's sort of my mindset. And so to me, I was like, well, why can't you just be grateful for what he has? Has And probably to him, it was like, why does she always have to be so damn chirpy?
1: <laughs> yes? No, I've always loved that you're optimistic. <laughs>
2: well good so he doesn't want to kill me yet
1: folks <laughs> <laughs> although i'm a scorpio so it could happen
3: that's yeah, true it's just bad it's a... always
1: just one bad day away
3: karen just keep an eye out for anything silver in your peripheral vision <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway i thought it would be um i mean because that's a really a big shift for him and i recognize that shift and so i asked if he would be willing to talk about it on the show when He said, I don't know. Let me think about it. And then he said he
3: would. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Yes,
0: that's really powerful. And I, I totally get it because I struggle with being grateful too and still do. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that, Jim.
1: Oh, you guys are more than welcome. And, And that's really the funny thing about it is it shouldn't be powerful. It should be obvious.
0: But
2: it's not. Mm -hmm. It's
1: one of those things that I think it's just human nature, you know, to always to be jealous. I think it's just, you know, part of who we are and we have to, you know, it's kind of like uh, xenophobia. We're inherently afraid of people that are different from us. And we actually have to learn, you know, to trust and, you know, accept people that are different from us. And it's, you know, we have to learn to be grateful for the things
3: we have. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, but like when you said, like when you talk about you know, um, you know, being happy for the, the the small things, you know, just for having what you have, that is a powerful thing. You know, what I mean, that's the most powerful thing there is, really, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, when I talk about being grateful, to me, it's uh, first of all, of course, I'm grateful for my family and my friends because they're the backbone of who I am. You know what I mean? And their differences are very much appreciated because. I can, uh, I can feel the energy of that person in a way that I couldn't feel my own energy. So it's it's a it's a, it's a nice fresh change, you know, and it keeps me alive and it makes me feel good, you know. I'm also yeah. grateful for you know taking small steps every day to, just to to be a better person, you know, just to be able to reach out and be kind to everyone around me, and you know, of course, in turn that comes back, you know threefold you know if you're if you do that you know but i mean i mean to me i guess i don't know being grateful is just to be here you know in this moment you know with you guys uh to be grateful in the moment with you know where i live my home everything i mean you know i could always say well i don't have a lot of money i live in an apartment blah 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 all this kind of stuff but you know it's not that's not how i look at things i look at and it's not materialistic either and for me it's all about It's all about that the energy that I connect with other people, and it's the love that I connect to those people. That's what keeps me alive. That's what keeps me fresh and going forward and wanting to do more and wanting to experience more and wanting to connect more, I guess, in a
2: way. Well, I think, so Cheryl, you were mentioning that you struggle with remembering to be grateful or maybe Mm -hmm. thinking that you have something to be grateful for, and I guess one of the things that I've always understood is that when I'm experiencing less gratitude, because I do look, I've, I, you know, I wish I got up every morning with princess hearts in my eyes and, you know, danced around the house, singing <laughs> to deer and birds and, and, um, all of those things. And I go through struggles and I go through difficult times, particularly in the winter. I'll be quite honest. I struggle in the winter because, um, I can't do the things that I love in the winter because the weather sort of keeps us from it. Right. And And so, um, but I also recognize that when I'm not focused on gratitude or at least appreciation, because when I can't, focus when I can't find gratitude I can find appreciation I can find appreciation that my legs supported me today you know and mm-hmm. that we have hot water and I can appreciate those things even if I can't be like yeah I'm grateful for them but when I'm when I can't when I'm struggling or forgetting to find those things what happens is I get caught up in my story and the stories that I tell myself um about everything else and all of the other people in the world and the people in my life that have wronged me and the things in my life that have it. And those are all stories um, that I've created purely out of my thoughts and objectively, they feel like reality to me, right? Mm -hmm. But they're just stories. And when I'm in gratitude or at least appreciation, I'm in the moment being grateful for those things rather than being in my head and, and, telling myself all of the stories of all of the things that didn't go the way I wanted them to
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and it's like I feel like with my challenge with with feeling gratitude comes from how I don't don't know how to say so my in my generation I was raised okay achieve 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 be the best you can be always be striving for something more right Mm-hmm. And so I'm always stuck in that. I've got to do better. I have to make more money. I have to have better things. I have to do this. I have to do that. That's where I'm always stuck. And I, I feel like I take so many things for granted and I don't sit back and appreciate what I do have. And so sometimes I'll have those moments of clarity where I'm, you know, i have You know, we're at the park and we see this beautiful view and the wind's blowing, you know, across your face. And you have that moment of clarity where you're like, wow, I am grateful that I'm just standing here looking at the mountains or Mm -hmm. feeling the breeze on my face, or standing Mm -hmm. my loved one just existing. And so, but though but those moments are so few and far between for me. So I thought maybe we could and I think for a lot of people, maybe we could talk a little bit about some practical tips for how we could cultivate gratitude on a daily basis.
2: Sure.
0: Um, I know that that's very challenging, at least for me, it would be to do it daily. I mean, it wouldn't be, but it would be because you have to take the time and I'm just not taking the time. So I need to figure out a good way to do that.
2: Well, anytime. Um, so gratitude is a practice and a habit just like anything else. So the more you practice it, the better you get at it. The more aware you become of it. It's a practice. So even if it the practice begins when you sit up in bed before you grab your phone, or before you get on the computer and check your Facebook or your um, Instagram or your uh, TikTok or whatever the kids are playing with these days, um, you know, before you do that, if you just sit with your feet flat on the floor, and you just sort of breathe in and and be grateful for a few things. Come up with them. Even if you have to cultivate them, even if you have to think about them, just come up with a few things that you think that you appreciate or that you're grateful for for, and make that your your three-minute practice before you get up and brush your teeth and, and go about your day. That can change your mindset. And then if you start your day with that later throughout the day, you can then um maybe it'll you'll remember because you did it that morning and then you can remember to pause and be grateful for something else and and then maybe you even start giving yourself opportunities for things to be grateful for so in those in that the time of day where you're striving to be the best and achieving and having right and I get it look I'm Gen X too Cheryl so I I understand you get it uh, I do. I get it. And especially Gen X women, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. And so I understand all of those things. We're supposed to have it all and we're supposed to be it all and do it all and and, and all of those things. Um, so, But even if for a minute you can, during the day, start with your morning two-minute practice and then during the day maybe try to take a minute to pause every once in a while and sort of take a breath and do it again. And just mm-hmm. make it little, little consistent practices minute by minute versus I'm going to sit down for 45 minutes and write what I'm grateful for.
0: Yeah. So how can doing, so I, okay, let's just say I know a couple of people who have a lot of bad things happening to them, whether it be their health, bad, bad. Um, their relationships have gone bad, but there's,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: everything has piled on top of them all at once. It seems, how can someone like that be grateful when they have so many bad things happening and, and how, and why should they still be grateful? Not for the bad stuff, but for the other stuff, that's not bad. Even when they're feeling this heavy weight, you know, of stress or grief or whatever. Jim has something.
1: Because whether they recognize it or not, they still have good things happening in their life. They still it's have it's just hard to see them sometimes.
2: They still have things that they appreciate that they can appreciate. So I can tell you that there was a period. Can I tell about you and being angry and all of that? Is that okay? Sure. Oh, okay. This might be <laughs> when I die. <laughs> no. So so there was a period um, it was the year my father died. So about five years ago, he died in 2018. Um, And as I was just absolutely downtrodden, I mean, just knocked down with grief. Mm -hmm. Uh, to a point that I didn't even understand until looking back years later, right? Five years later now, I'm like, because back then I was like, no, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm I'm okay. And now I look back and I was like, holy crap, I was not okay. Right. Um, But so, well, and so I wasn't necessarily my most emotionally available self for Jim at that time. And also Jim really had a lot of respect for my dad. And I think my dad dying hit you hard too, didn't it?
1: Yeah, but not in the same way.
2: Yeah, so it hit him hard, too. And at the same time, there was some stuff, um, contract negotiations at work that he was going through that were really not good. Um, And so he was in this really angry space, just really angry all of the time. And um, so he was doing exactly what I mentioned before. He was in his stories. He had a story about me that simply wasn't true, which was when um, Tanner got out of college, I was going to leave him, that I was just staying with him to pay for Tanner's college, which wasn't true. Um, and, And several other stories like that. And so that was difficult for him. It was difficult for me. Um, and it was really a pretty dark time for us. And I think, I mean, but Jim started to turn it around. So what pulled you out of that? Was it realizing you were lucky to have me, I think, or something?
1: Yeah. And realizing that I was basically just being a selfish bastard.
2: Well, that too.
1: <laughs> In 25 words or less. Hard <laughs> <Pardon> going my
0: French.
1: <laughs> you know, I was, you were kind of, You weren't like withdrawing or checking out, but you, in some ways you were a little bit absent just because you were in so much grief and I didn't give you the grace for that.
2: Yeah. I was not okay.
1: And I took that as, you know, you've just, you know, you've lost interest in me and, you know, I'm just furniture, you know, and it was all stuff I was making up in my head, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know. Karen's really focused in on, on losing her dad and trying to work through that, you know, and I felt like she was taking it out on me. And I mean, I know I was totally making it up, but you know, if all you ever focus on is what you're not getting instead of what you are getting and what you have, then you lose sight of that. You'll lose the forest through the trees.
2: And you can be in a really dark place and still find things to appreciate. I woke up this morning. I have a roof over my head. I had food to eat today. Again, you don't have to be like, woohoo, right? Doing backhands right. and ticker flips and that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, Winnie the Pooh reference number what three. A re- Reference to Winnie the Pooh. I know. Wow. Yeah, thank you. But but so you don't, but you don't have to be doing those things. But at least recognizing that there are things in your life that you can appreciate. And I really think Chuck might have something to say about this because, as Chuck has shared, I mean, he almost killed himself.
3: Yes. Yes. Um, um, Okay. Um, I always, I guess, I always, well, I always based my life on what I had things materialistic things i also based my life on large events like big things you know like if something was good it had to be big you know what i mean um and when pretty much everything was just taken away from me when the rug was just kind of pulled out from underneath me i stood there i felt you know stood there kind of like naked you know with nothing you know what i mean i mean i could take some stuff with but for the most part, everything else was going to have to be left behind. I was going to have to just change my, somehow change my thought process on how I've been thinking about life pretty much up until that point. Um, And it was very disheartening, you know what I mean? And uh, so, and I, and I wasn't a person that asked for help or that kind of stuff. I was always like, look, if I'm going to do it, I should be able to do it myself. If I can't do it myself, then what the hell, you know what I mean? What's the point? so um when i got to the point where i moved to my son's house and when i got to the point where i just wanted to end it all because i really didn't see a point in w- moving forward you know i mean i didn't have the the life i had before i didn't have the house i didn't have all the, the stuff you know all that kind of stuff um through you know different things that had happened to me and like i called an epiphany um and and i and and a larger source spoke to me i i finally got it i finally realized that the, the smallest the smallest thing on this planet, the smallest things are the most important things and it made me realize how much i had just wasn't paying attention how much uh, i had put my thought process in the in the wrong bucket you know what i mean i mean i i I can I can explain such as like when I eat breakfast when I eat any meal now it's like a it's it's really kind of crazy cuz it's like a mindful process for me when I eat it I'm I'm tasting it I'm I'm thinking wow this is really great I'm appreciating that I have it you know what I mean and it's just that small little moment it just makes me feel amazing you know and so then I started taking that mindset and putting it towards pretty much everything now i'm not saying you know that i don't get the shit show just like anybody else but when the shit show comes i i i deal with it like anybody else i get angry upset whatever but then i say okay now stop so now what do we do about it let's not worry about what it is let's let's worry about how we move forward and let's also pay attention to everything else around this particular uh thing that's happening that is still wonderful. Like, I still have my friends. They still love me. You know what I mean? I still have my my home. I still have my, um, you know, clothes to wear. I, uh, I'm financially okay to be able to buy food. And, you know, that's kind of... So, you know, even though this these things are happening, there's so much on the peripheral that we don't pay attention to, that we need to pay attention to. It's because it's always the, the smallest things, the minute things. So that's how I kind of go through life now. I, I look at everything when I, when I talk to my friends, I look at how they're smiling, how they're happy, or what they're going through, or how I can help them if they're going through a tough time, and then that just, that just gives me so much gratitude that I was just able to be there to help and do whatever, Um, you know, when I go to work, yeah, okay, it's work, you know what I mean, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm gr- I'm grateful for that because that's what gives me a roof over my head. That's what makes me pay my bills. That's what's, you know, and even though, you know, work's not fun and sometimes I want to strangle my boss, um, it is what it is. So for me, it's the smallest thing. That's a, the best way I can say it. It's just the smallest things are so much more, uh, the most important things, you know what I mean? And that's what gives me happiness and it makes me love life now in a way that I just never actually kind of, You know, looked at it before.
2: So you have a practice, which is yes, mindfulness. Yes, and when things go to crap, you Mm -hmm. react just like a person would, and then you return to your mindfulness and to your practice.
3: Yes, because I yes, because I understand that uh, there are uh, a few things in life we gotta just accept we accept that life is change and nothing but change and when people tell me oh i don't have you know, change they're looking at the larger things you know and i'm not, i'm not talking about that I'm saying you know you had cereal today you have eggs tomorrow there's change you know so it's constant change we accept that we accept there's going to be challenges there's just going to be stuff coming at us we we're, we're not going to be prepared for it we just have to if we prepare our if we prepare ourselves to be the best we can be then whatever comes forward to us we'll be able to handle it And then the third thing is I just set my expectations kind of low and I just go with that because either it's going to be, okay, it's crappy and I'm already down there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or it's going to be something cool and I'm going to go, whoa, you know, kind of get that, that, that wonderful feeling, you know, off of that as well. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, but I'm always going back to being very mindful. Always. I snap out, out of it, you know, because yes, we all have our human, uh, traits and emotions and such. And we have to honor those because they're there for a purpose. But at the end of the day, we don't want to, we just want to feel that feeling. We don't want to be the feeling, you know, we don't want to take it with us like a suitcase and carry it and and share with all our friends. You know what I mean? When we're angry or having a crappy day, you know, you can, you can go and discuss something with somebody that you love and tell them, you know, I'm having a crappy day. This is what's going on. And then just leave it at that. But you know, I'm doing the best I can to work through it. And then they're going to jump in and say, Hey, you know, versus you going, I'm a crappy day and this really sucks. And you go on for like an hour. And then all of a sudden that energy becomes their energy. Now you're not going to get any help because now you're both all angry. (laughs) You just dragged your friend into the whole thing, you know? So you have to be very careful about that. But yeah, I kind of live my life very mindful now, very appreciative of everything.
2: I like that. I wanted to just, um, sort of jump on one of the things you said, because I think it's also something that is one of the things that leads to a lack of gratitude. And you Mm -hmm. used a very specific word, you said expectations. Correct. And um, we have these expectations for things, we're programmed to have expectations. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, we want to be hopeful. And so then when something turns out in a way that is different than our expectation is, we judge that as being bad, unless it's better, right? Um, yes. And when something turns out as good as or better than our expectations, we judge that as good. And so mm-hmm. we walk through our lives with this judgment of things that are good or bad. And I right. can tell you that some of the things that yielded the best things in my life were mm-hmm. things that in the moment I judged as horrible.
3: hmm Yep.
2: Yeah, yep. and I, so I, I, know, I'm I, grateful I, for those things.
3: Yeah, and I, and I get that, you know what I mean? But, you know, um, and we all judge, you know, we've talked about this before. We all make mm-hmm. judgments on things. But sure. I do my best not to, to heavy-handedly judge things, okay? Um, it, it comes out as human nature, but I try to then retract or pull back or reevaluate on why I was doing that because that's really not my place to do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of go that way too, you know. But yeah, if I don't, if I, do, if I leave my, if I leave my expectations in a certain area, no matter what, what happens, I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? It's like, even if it's kind of crappy, it's like, all right, well, this is just a life lesson. You know, I'm going to get something good out of something bad every single time. There's going to be some lesson. There's going to be something you can pull from that and take that away, which lessens the blow. Um, it makes us evolve move forward and learn um you know it makes us stronger as well to be able to handle the next time that comes around because it's going to happen that's how life is you know but there's so much also there's so much so much beauty and, and 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 grace in life itself that we really need to just grab that by the reins and really really take a time to look at that you know what i mean and don't let the the negative outweigh the positive and I don't like to use those words because you know you can positively want to punch someone in the face and that's not good. But you know what I mean. Um, but you know, for lack of a better word, you know, I mean, that's how you look at it. You know, what I mean. So yeah, I understand we have to have balance. But you know, I always say you know a little bit more on the the good side than the bad side is fine because you know the bad side could be pretty heavy. You know, so if we have a little bit more on the good side, it'll take that weight. You know what I mean? It'll make the weight even more. You know, even out. So.
2: So spend time doing things you love,
3: exactly, and spend time with people that you love. You love, yep, yeah, for sure, yeah, hundred percent. And on the bright side,
1: killing yourself <laughs> is the absolute single best thing you can fail miserably
3: at. Yeah, well, thank you, I appreciate that, and I agree wholeheartedly. You know, there's your mean? bright side of life moment for the day.
2: From am <laughs> eternal optimist.
1: By Jim and Sam.
3: Do, do, do. Thank, you, Jim. thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's like, you know, that's, it's, it's, not the answer, you know, that's just not it, you know, and, it, and, you know, it takes a lot to weigh you into that area anyway. Yes. Especially someone that like me, that's like, I'm always trying to be all peppy and whatever. So if he can get to me, he can get to anyone. And I understand that. But, you know, if you can just, if you get the time to be able to reach out to somebody like that and talk to them, like I'm talking to you now, you can, you can so make a difference and, and so save, people from um, and and make them understand that you know you were put here this is a life is a gift you know your soul is a gift you are a gift you are unique you're you know you're special uh we're all the same on the inside that's why we should be all connecting but you know at the end of the day yeah life is a gift and you need to uh, you need to relish it you know what i mean and just go with it so yeah that's my opinion
2: okay it's a good one
3: well thank you what do you got, Cheryl? What do you got,
0: Cheryl? What do I got? Um, thank you so much, Chuck. I appreciate you sharing that very personal journey. Yeah,
2: I'm uh, sorry. Sure. I didn't mean to put you on the spot.
3: <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I, it's all right. If, if, if we're talking about it and someone hears it and it helps them out, then yeah, you know, it's all yeah. good, you know?
2: Yeah, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, I think that what you're saying really mm-hmm. resonates to me about enjoying the little things. And I think yes. that it's really important for people to hear your message because you can feel hopeless and you can feel, um, you know, destitute and you can feel a lot of, of really hard things, Mm -hmm. but there's a, there's, there's a way to still be grateful for, for certain things, your meals, you know, your, your friends, a roof over your head. But I think what's, what, what, what may be even more important in what you said is that when you can, being grateful, yes, it helps you personally. It helps your mental health, your physical health, people around you. People around you is a really important thing not to forget. When you say thank you to yeah. someone, mm-hmm. when you express gratitude to someone, right, um, it can really make a difference in someone's life. Sure. It, it can put a sure. smile on their face. It can... Mm-hmm boost um, their mental health for a mm-hmm. day, maybe for longer. And maybe nope. you're going to say it to someone who really, really needed it. Sure,
3: yeah. yeah. I and and, it, it, and, it, and, a, and I want to say an important, an important thing, I don't mean to cut you off, and an important thing about this whole thing we're talking about is loving yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to unconditionally love yourself because you're a, 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 such a unique being or person or whatever what you want to call yourself. You know, that you should just be honoring that as well, because that's going to really get you through all the craziness, even more in your friends or family when they're not around, you know, because you are the most important person on this planet. Not your husband, not your kids. You are the most important. And if You remember that and you honor that and you just love yourself. You say, I got this. You, we're going to we're gonna get through this. You know what I mean? That's what's really going to, it's sort of like, you know, like life Life is really shitty moments or whatever. And that's like a, let's put it as a, the a, a sea, you know, with all this turbulence and stuff, but yet how you love yourself and how you are mindful about that and connect to that is like that life preserver that keeps you floating, you know, through that yeah. tough those tough mm-hmm. waters. And then once we're done, pop it off and boom, you know. We're we're back into the other the other half of life, which is a lot more fun than the <laughs> well, other half.
2: Yes. And Cheryl mentioned something else and I think it's super important. And that's um that you sharing your gratitude with other people can mm-hmm. help them because they you never know what place another person is in. And sure. I will tell you that when we go anywhere, whether I'm grocery shopping, or in a restaurant, or, you know, it it doesn't matter where it is. I really make it intentionally that I look any person that I interact with in the eye and thank them for the service that they're doing for me. You know, so I'll thank the checker at the grocery store, and I'll thank the bagger at the grocery store. And, you know, somebody um, opens a door for me, or when I... You know, when I take an Uber, I'll thank the driver and not just send them a tip, but look them in the eye as I'm getting out and say, thank you for the ride. You know, it seems yep. like such a small thing, but sharing gratitude can can increase other people's well-being and gratitude as well.
3: Well, that, that resonates with people so much. You know, I mean, even just looking somebody in the eye and saying, hey, how you doing? And people look at you like, you're talking to me. Like there's nobody's <laughs> used to having human contact anymore. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden they're smiling. They weren't smiling. Now they're smiling. So I'm just grateful yeah. that I was able to put a smile on someone's face, you know. And now they're going to turn around and be a little happier. And then they're going to share it with somebody else. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that is so simple to do. Like you said, Karen, it's so simple to do just to thank someone and whatever. And, you know, you, you have no idea how much you brighten their day. That I mean they're gonna take that for a, a long connection. time. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so much. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I'm wondering, Karen, if you want to or if you can talk about crystals and mindfulness and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Um, so
2: you can use crystals, any crystals, really to cultivate gratitude and as a tool of gratitude. It's really a heart-centered practice. So any green or pink crystals like rose quartz are really great for doing gratitude work. Um, And the other thing is that I mentioned getting up in the morning and sitting with your feet flat on the floor and your eyes closed and sort of giving yourself a minute or two of gratitude. And if you can do that and you can get into this good feeling, this place of good feeling, right, you can hold any crystal. Um, I would recommend a clear quartz or rose quartz in your non-dominant hand, excuse me, in your dominant hand. So your right hand, if you're right handed, your left hand, if you're left handed, and then visualize all of that positive feeling you're getting from the gratitude to flow into that crystal. And then keep that crystal with you. And throughout the day, when you start finding yourself popping out of the gratitude, you can just hold that crystal in your non-dominant hand. So your left hand, if you're right-handed or your right hand, if you're left-handed and let those feelings of gratitude come back in you, the crystal will store that emotion and that feeling from gratitude. And if you do that every morning and reset it every morning with that crystal, you've always got this little reminder of gratitude that you keep in your pocket with you.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's
2: cool. Yeah. You can do that with all sorts of things. So like if you do um, yoga and you get that kind of Savasana blissed out, right, when you're at the end of a yoga class, you can do the same thing. You can hold a crystal in your um, dominant hand and let that yoga bliss flow into it. You can do it when you're done meditating, and let it flow into it. And then if you don't have a crystal, you can do it just using a neurolinguistic programming technique called anchoring. And what it is, is you create a simple gesture, not that one, Jim and Chuck, um, any gesture, <laughs> any, any gesture that you can do kind of, um, subtly that not every, the, that you can do that you wouldn't normally do. So for instance, it might be touching, um, your ring finger and your middle finger to your thumb on your left hand or on your right hand or something like that. And mm-hmm. when do when you're in that positive feeling and hold it while you've got that positive feeling. And then as soon as the positive feeling starts to fade, let go. And then repeat that gesture throughout the day when you need it as an, an interruption. Cool. Yeah, it works really well. This is actually something fundamental I teach in my classes. um, Mm -hmm. And then I have people test it later in the middle to see if it's still working. And it does. It'll go and you just reset it every morning when you do whatever your practice is that makes you feel good. So even if you don't have a crystal or you can't afford a crystal or whatever, you can just do it with a simple gesture. I like that. Thank you.
3: I like that a lot.
1: You guys ever noticed that some of the happiest people you meet like can barely even afford to eat, but they're still happy, mm-hmm. and yep. some of the people that look like they have everything are the most miserable. Yeah, uh, I, that's, it, that's, that's yeah, it's time. almost like when you have very little, you appreciate everything you do have.
2: Mm-hmm. When you have mm-hmm. Almost
1: everything you only focus on what you don't.
2: Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that I haven't gone a day of my life since I was twenty-one years old without physical pain. Truthfully, honestly. Not a day of my life without physical pain, usually um, moderate to severe physical pain. And yet I can still, I'm still a pretty happy person because I focus on all of the other things.
3: Mm -hmm. That's good. That's the way it should be. You know, Um, I mean, the bottom line is you're, you're dealing with something on a daily basis, that's that could affect you in ways that could put you in the wrong kind of a mindset but yet you choose to look at the 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 stuff around it like i talked about and it keeps you happy and it keeps you content and keeps you going and you're like okay this is this is just another thing this is just something i have to deal with along with other things in life Yeah, I figure I will
2: no longer partner with it, and that's what I say is I partner with physical pain, and I Uh will no longer partner with that physical pain when it no longer serves my greatest good.
3: Good for you, Karen. I like that.
2: It's here. There's something I need to learn from it, apparently. (laughs) Wish I knew what it was. No, I mean, I do know what it is, and it's actually that the fact that I need to do the things that you mentioned chuck that being in the moment and and having the practice and and all of those things to keep me happy and upbeat and optimistic
3: Mm -hmm. yeah but i also look at it this way for uh, if you've been doing that since what you said since 21 Mm -hmm. um that that has given you a great strength that you should appreciate out of the pain you know it's it's made you a very strong strong like a bull. watch out jim she's gonna take you down um (laughs) Yeah, she's, you know, that made you very strong, you know, and, and I mean, uh, mentally and spiritually, you know, you, you just you don't honor it. You don't say, nope, whatever. You know what I mean? You just you're taking you're taking charge of that, which I think yeah. is great. So Yeah, yeah.
2: it's a partnership mm-hmm. rather than an ownership. And I think that's actually another thing that's really um, important is mm-hmm. that not owning all of these stories and not owning all of these things that we think are bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not owning a diagnosis, partnering with it and recognizing that it walks with you. It's there for you not to hurt you, even though yes. sometimes it physically or mentally hurts. Yeah.
3: Yes um, gotcha.
2: And, and recognizing that those are partnerships versus mm-hmm. um, versus afflictions, I guess.
3: Yeah, exactly. And then by then taking on all the other small things and all the beauty that is around us and within us and what we can give, you know, it just all kind of evens itself out. You know, it all makes life just wonderful.
2: I'm not going to lie. I wake up pretty cranky sometimes because my head hurts or my back hurts or my (laughs) knee hurts. Or,
3: yeah, well, you, you know, you. but
2: but but I have I I step into my practices and I manage those and then I start doing things I love. You guys know I love my job. I'm very lucky mm-hmm. and very blessed that I have a job I love. Um yes. and so I and we travel and you know, we do these things and all of these things that I do in my life and the relationships I have are so much more important than the physical pain that I feel.
3: Yeah. See, and you get past it. You you continue on in your journey. You it doesn't it doesn't stop you from doing what you want to do. So there you go.
2: No, and You're I don't ever charge. want to minimize someone's pain and say, Hey, well, you know, get over it because yeah. I get it. Look, if, if somebody if somebody came to me and said, here's a magic pill that you could take mm-hmm. that doesn't have any side effects. You're going to be right. just as as creative and bright and all the things as you always are. All it's going to do is take away your pain and nothing else. I mean, I'd be all over that. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: definitely. Well, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's like, I don't think that you should say to anybody, yeah, I'll just get over and quit being such a whiny baby with yeah, well, your arms like hanging off or something like that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, you can say, well, man, I'm I'm, so, I, I'm I'm, really, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, you go through this pain and everything, but man, you're so amazing that you get past it on a daily basis. That's, a, that's some strong shit. You know what I mean? That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the way I would put it.
0: Yeah. So. I have a question about the law of attraction. Okay. So if you believe that if you're more positive, you get more positive back. If you're negative, you get more negative back. Well, if you're more grateful, more positivity, more good things come to you. Do you believe that that's true?
2: So I don't believe the law of attraction is um, like if I think about water, I'm going to get a shark, right? I I and what I think about is that if I exist in a space where I spiritually and emotionally and mentally feel good then I'm going to draw more things that bring me things that spiritually and emotionally and mentally help me feel good. Now that doesn't mean that I'm never ever ever going to experience a challenge again. Challenge come mm-hmm. challenges come not from anything we do with our minds or our bodies they come from a soul level right right mm-hmm. and because they come from a soul level then our soul gives us these things because maybe i'm just cruising on my bliss and i need a little something to shake that up and mm-hmm. and so but what i i tell people and what i think is really important is um the space between when the bad things happen and you start to feel bad and when you switch that to be in a more neutral or positive mindset. Um and so if you can shorten that space really mm-hmm. you're doing pretty well. So for instance maybe initially this is and I'm talking about resilience is what I'm talking about here right?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So initially maybe something happens. So say I wake up and let's use my pain because I brought it up. So say I wake up in the morning and my pain is at an 8, right? And I get up and I, I, um, all I can think about is my pain. And so I don't, and I don't do any of my practices and, or anything else. And so I'm thinking about pain all day long. The more you think about pain, the worse pain hurts.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: Pain is a bad thing. The worst, it hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt if you don't think about it, and I'm not saying it doesn't hurt if you don't think it's a bad thing. I'm saying that it it becomes more agonizing emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Yeah. The the more that you judge it as something that's negative or bad in your life, and so, but maybe in the middle of the day, I pop onto Gaia TV and I watch some inspiring program on Gaia or, you know, or I do the TikTok, which by the way, I've never done. So I don't actually know. And maybe there's something (laughs) inspired on TikTok or, you know, things like that. And that brings me back and I'm like, oh, wait. And then I can sort of get into my practices again. So maybe I had like a whole day before I did that first time right and the next time maybe I've got I do it for 12 hours before I do it and the next time I do it for 13 hours because I I slipped backwards because we do and the next day I do it for 11 hours right and it's shortening that period between when you have the experience and when you stop judging it as negative and start appreciating and getting back into your practices and Mm -hmm. so The more that you do a practice like that simple gesture thing I just told you and being grateful and all of those things, um, the more you do a practice, the shorter that period becomes. So I can have something happen to me now most of the time, not all of the time, and I can just absolutely lose my shit because we do. I'm a human, right? And I'm a fire sign and fire signs have fiery little tempers. Um, and, but, but it's very quick and Cheryl, you've seen, you've experienced this with me because when we've been on vacation, sometimes you've seen me get really crabby about something and then immediately snap back. Right. It's like minutes. Yeah. It's like minutes versus where before that would have ruined a whole day. Right.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Well, you guys, it's time. Any parting thoughts? Parting thoughts
3: parting thought you're the guest Jim. Do
0: you have a parting thought
3: when yeah, I Jim what do you got I just
1: focus quietly on my bladder and how much longer I can stay in bed <laughs> <laughs>
3: wow
0: <laughs> he's just, you know
1: oh
3: Lord That's, my Jim
0: sudoku? That's... Oh.
2: he's well he finished but he's on a new one I oh, knew God. when he when I said Jim had something to say I knew because he looked up from his sudoku yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, th-
1: <laughs>
0: thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. Um, yes, thank- we're grateful yeah, I'm for you, Jim.
1: Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Very, yep. very- Another ten years, you can invite me back
0: <laughs> <laughs> when he <turned> seventy. <laughs> um, ne- next time, we're going to be talking with Maxim Furik. Okay. Um, we've had him on the show before, and he's going to come back because this year it was the 80th anniversary of the Philadelphia Experiment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that just passed last month. But we're going to talk about that with Maxim, and um, it's a really interesting phenomena if you think that it actually happened. And so, I will be googling it as soon as we hang up. Google it. The Philadelphia movie experiment.
1: (laughs) I think it was Michael (laughs) Perret's best movie. Yeah, I remember
3: the movie.
2: (laughs) As you know, I'm not a movie person, so no idea I haven't
0: seen it, haven't seen it either.
2: <laughs> okay well that'll be cool I will yeah. google so that I don't sound you know like I just googled it I'll google it and pretend I'm really really knowledgeable
0: <laughs> definitely google it it's really interesting
2: oh um,
3: lord so, Matthew physics, Matthew, talk
2: about uh, uh, ooh, okay. What was that, Jim? He said it's quantum physics. We can talk about in bed. I always joke that quantum <laughs> physics is our pillow talk. So I lured <laughs> him work. in. I lured him in with a book about quantum physics. That was oh, when really? he decided I was really interesting, is because I was reading a book about quantum physics at a break room in a break room at work. And it was,
0: all, was it all staged? Just to get <laughs> oh, you. Really. I was reading the
1: book. <laughs> oh, okay it was just a happy coincidence
0: it was just
2: a happy coincidence i was reading the book what can i all think? right, all right. well very cool yeah. i will look forward yeah. to talking to maxim and, and trying to learn more about the philadelphia thing before that or jim will explain it to me while we eat dinner maybe yes
3: all right
0: well thanks everyone and we'll see you next time on mindful mystics
3: okay Bye. Good night.
0: Hey. Bye.